Hello, everyone. I'm Felicia Shakiba, and you're listening to the CPO Playbook Podcast. Join me and my guests as we feature insightful conversations with HR leaders, people scientists, and executives from diverse industries and functions, offering valuable perspectives on the future of work. Discover a unique outlook on navigating the complexities of the modern-day working world, exploring innovative strategies in talent management and corporate culture from the chief people officer's perspective. Tune in to stay ahead of the game when it comes to all things people-related. In this captivating interview, we delve into the profound impact of organizational culture on employee turnover rates, guided by a remarkable statistic derived from a SHRM's Global Culture Research Report. Nine out of 10 workers who rate their culture as poor have thought about quitting. This statistic compels us to unravel the intricate dynamics that shape the retention landscape. A strong organizational culture possesses an enchanting allure, weaving a tapestry of shared values, beliefs, and norms that captivates employees within its embrace. Within this immersive environment, individuals find solace and purpose. Their personal values harmoniously align with the organization's vision and mission. This fusion fosters a profound sense of belonging, igniting a flame of loyalty and commitment that repels thoughts of seeking opportunities elsewhere. Thus, a robust culture becomes a barrier against turnover, cultivating sustained engagement and tenure. In the exciting interview that follows, we embark on an impressive journey with Hugo Vega and Diego Macado. Vega and Macado are founding members and co-global chief creative officers of the renowned AKQA Sao Paulo office in Brazil, a WPP company. Recognized as the world's most awarded copywriter and art director at the 2013 Cannes Lions International Festival of Creativity. Hugo and Diego won a record 23 lions for five different projects. Their work for Dove Real Beauty Sketches earned Latin America's first Titanium Grand Prix and has become the most watched branded film of all time on YouTube with more than 165 million views. Time Magazine named it the best commercial of 2013. Hugo, Diego, Thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Hi, Felicia. Thank you so much for having us. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. How did you get started when you founded AKQA Sao Paulo? Can you share the story behind its inception? In 2013, we, so Diego and I, we were a team of creatives where we were not even creative directors uh, at that time, although like we led several projects. We were at Ogilvy Sao Paulo and we, we launched Real Beauty Sketches, which was a project that gained a lot of attention worldwide. And we started gaining a lot of, you know, headhunters, agencies that were reaching out to understand if we would be interested in joining their companies. So we went to Cannes. We were going to have some interviews. And before we went, we said, like, oh, what if someone offers the possibility of opening an office, an agency? And we said, like, ah, no, we're, we're not interested. So at the end, like, we had incredible conversations, Khan, and then we met Jaz Ahmed, which is the founder of AKQA. So the, the letters of AKQA are the initials of his name. 
And Ajaz is for us almost like a spiritual entity. He's like the most humble human being. He's a visionary. We had a lunch with him at Cannes, and it was really like something that we never experimented before. Like he was really such such a humble, such a heartful person. And he made us that proposal, and we told him at that time, like he said, oh, we would love you to open the Kikwe Sao Paulo studio. So like, Jazz, like we really appreciate the, the honor, we feel honored with this invite, but we're not businessmen, like we're creatives. We want to continue to focus our energy into create communication. And, and then like, we don't want to go into, you know, spreadsheets and <laughs> things like this. And he was very honest with us. So like, don't worry, like you'll be creating a studio and, and we'll give you the support, you know, all the bureaucracies, all the, the, you'll have that financial support, but it's really like, think about as a challenge as creative minds to open something from zero and, and to apply the things that you love, or at least to rethink the future of a partnership between an agency and a brand. That was the backstory. Yeah. And then, of course, we, we accepted and, and started like this journey. And one of the, the first briefs that we got was to actually find this house. And once we shared the story of the Radiohead and the story about like the getting into the house instead of like going to the office, we started like going to... Diego, sorry to interrupt. Maybe it's, it's good to, to tell the story of Radiohead because in that lunch, it was, it was one of the things that made us accept. Yeah. Okay, let's go. So during the lunch... We got that energy from him, like as Hugo mentioned, like we, and we, we don't understand about these things about energy and all this stuff, but like we really felt something differently with him. And from the, those conversations, we were, he was sharing about like his vision about AKQA, about the newest studio was Paris, just have been open and founded. And we were trying to understand how was the magic of AKQA? How did they make this? such beautiful work, like so innovative, like so, so groundbreaking work and having this consistency across the, the globe. And the answer from Ajaz was like, the right people, the right place, and the work will come. The money will follow, but the work will be amazing. And we, we love that equation, like feels very obvious, but like somehow like we, I, I think we were expecting some more realistic, like, oh, we, are, we did this, we hired X amount of people, and then we did that. Like he was such like a vision. Here's the vision, and on top of that, he brought like yeah. Recently, I watched a uh, this documentary about Radiohead, and the story is basically they launched Creep, and it was like a master. The, the song was like hits, top hits globally. Everyone was listening to that, and after the success comes the pressure. What else? What is next? Are you a one-hit band? Can you keep doing great work? So to kind of like relieve that pressure and kind of like find a new way of, of creating, they rent a house in the countryside of London. And they kind of were, we were like living there for a couple of weeks. The band was there. They were composing together, laughing together, crying together, maybe like or sharing these moments. And they have like a chef that was like cooking and they were kind of like having this home spirit. And after this process, they, they recorded and launched it, the work that was OK Computer, which for many is considered like a, the masterpiece of the band. 
And the parallel was clear. They are creators. They have their own uh, area. There was music and art. And we have ours. Like we talk about communication, advertising, innovation. They have the music label as their clients. We have our clients. We have Nike. We have Netflix. Or we have other the brands that we partner. They have their fans and we have the audience. So it was kind of like a parallel between their process and our process as a creative industry. And on top of like everything he brought, okay, let's find this house. Let's do what Radiohead did. Let's find a house. Let's find a chef. And let's build a community center where people can join us and co-create together. So it's not an office. It's a house that everyone, all the creatives in the community are welcome to partner with you guys, to partner with our clients. And from that, the work will come. Just listening to both of you speak, I have chills on how exciting this opportunity for you guys and whoever has taken this journey with you has been. So tell me, what challenges did you face in the early stages of the company? And how did you overcome them to establish a strong foundation? The first challenge was assembling furniture <laughs> because we were in a, because we, we found the, the terrain, actually we found the house and we had to brought in an architect that was working on it. And we chose an architect that he only did restaurants and houses. So he never had an experience on doing like uh, offices. And that was purpose. Uh, we, we really wanted that, like we really wanted to have a home feeling. But while we were reconstructing the, the house that we found, and actually that, there's a funny story, like when Ajaz flew to Sao Paulo, we had like some houses for him to, to see. And this, I think this, the chosen one, and it was our favorite, the third one. He just entered the house and he said, like he looked at it and he said, I'm having goosebumps. This is the one. And so like, Adjust, but we need to see other houses. Like, this is the one, right? This is the one. When we're talking about something that is spiritual and very like comes from the heart and is like something very uh, energetic almost, it is really how it, everything started. It was always about the heart and how can we humanize something that sometimes is very corporate. So we found the house, that was the one, and I said, like, hey, this is the one, right? Let's have lunch. <laughs> Like, no, you need to see the house. (laughs) It was really, it was, it was like really, really funny. So we went, we found a place that we started working and we're going to have to assemble furniture for like one year (laughs) to wait till the next house is ready. So that was the challenge. But the furniture metaphor is, is a good metaphor because when we, when we started, like in our first day, we were expecting some sort of email that would tell us like, how to assemble a, an agency, a new agency. So we were there on the first day and we were joking to each other like, oh, maybe the, an email will come, right? Like first step, second step. And we were like refreshing, you know, <laughs> refresh on the email. Ah, oh, the email didn't come. Oh, do you want a coffee? Let's have a coffee. Yeah, let's talk about life. Let's go back to the email. Refresh, hmm, nothing. Uh, okay, maybe we need to, <laughs> we need to roll our sleeves and really start doing it. And the way we did it, because we didn't have any formation, like we didn't have any courses to say like, oh, how to be leaders, nothing. The, and, and what Ajaz said was like, go from your heart and do the things that you believe. And we started doing like, so our first hire was 
a person that we say like, this house needs a mom, a mother to take care of everyone. So our first hire was Maze, that is still today a mother to everyone that goes to the house. And when we say a mother is, she takes care of everyone, but at the same time, she's always like, hey, who put this glass, dirty glass, forgot this dirty glass on the table. Like, <laughs> so like we started that way and, and we were always thinking about like to have a home feeling. That was always our vision. And even on when we were talking to the architect, there was a moment, for instance, that he wanted to close the kitchen. The kitchen stays on the third floor of the house. And he said like, oh, we're going to close the kitchen because of the smells. would we'll go to the, the open space that we have where everyone sits to work. And said so like, no, actually, let's not close it. Because when you're at home, one of those home feelings is when someone is preparing coffee or someone is baking a cake and that goes through all the house. So no, let's keep it open. And although like there are some noises in the kitchen, like it becomes something that it's home feeling. It's not part of what you would expect in a normal office. So we started the agency because we didn't have any formation. We just said, let's build a mantra for us. And it will be, we're going to do the work of our lives through the happiest process. And that would be the foundation. And all the decisions we made would go through that filter. We were very naive. And I think that that was one of the keys for success. Because we were naive and we weren't afraid of things going wrong. Because we were saying, like, if this goes wrong, it's, it's just the beginning. You know, like, there's an investment here, but it won't be in the, in the broader context of AKQA globally. It's not going to be a problem. So let's go, like, let's just do and, and, and be fearless. And, and that's how we started. So all the decisions were made thinking like, we started by doing the things that we didn't like. So what are the things that we don't like? What are the things that don't make us happy? And so we, we just put there and said, okay, we're not going to be about this. Do you want to go, Diego, and, and go through that? No, yeah, I think like uh, the naivety we had was the key for the success. Back then, I don't think we were thinking about it. But having this very organic and following your heart, spirit, was kind of like what guided us to take some bold decisions at the moment. But I'm not sure if you, we felt there were like such big decisions, you know, like you were kind of like the radiohead spirit, like just composing and making something and suddenly became like the masterpiece of the band. I think it was something like that. We are taking the decisions as we believe, as we are discussing with Ajaz, but we're very organic process. So I think one of the challenges was how can we change the mindset? Because we are creating something new. He brought the vision about the AKQA, bringing the best people, partnering with the best clients and brands to create the best work. We didn't want to replicate what we see externally. So kind of like we have to reset our thinking, what do we believe? And I think a lot of things that we were guided, as Hugo mentioned, was like the things we hate, the things that we don't want to have. Like, for sure, we don't want to pitch. We hate pitches. Like, we, it's not working the way we are pitching. So let's not pitch at least for a couple of years and see what happens. And in Brazil, there is like the media buys inside the agency. So all the revenue from the agencies come from media buying, not necessarily charging for strategy and creativity. And we didn't like that as creatives. 
So we said like, oh, we, we are not having that. We are will be the first agency in Brazil that won't do media buying. We won't touch in that and we will just charge for creativity and strategy and production. So I think this type of decision was very natural, but we have to keep uh, the mindset refreshing all the time. So we're, we're kind of like uh, exploring like, what would be the newest thing? How we will hire people? Who should we hire? Do we need the same departments that we used to have in our previous jobs or to recreate a new one? Or should we merge everything together and it's just like we call people by their names and there is no label? How many people can we fit? Back then, there's an interesting story. We were starting understanding and reading about like human behavior. And one thing that we noticed is that since the beginning of society, there is a magic number about like the number of people that can live together and collaborate together. Once you make more than that number, it starts splitting groups. So you have like the South and North, rich and poor, you know, have like this kind of division. So we read that the number was something between 70, 80, 60. So we said like, okay, this is our goal. Like, let's focus on that area. So you have like this home community. Like we don't, we don't want to split in departments. Oh, creatives and strategy, account and this. So this kind of moments were like kind of our very first brief to design the house and design the, the rituals, the, the routine, the structure of the house, I think it was probably the biggest challenge. And, and I think it, it keeps as a challenge to keep like uh, resetting and creating a new, new shape for that. That's interesting. So a lot of the first movements that you made was really around how are you going to work together and collaboratively under one roof? And it sounds like you had very specific values that you knew you wanted. But could you share some examples of how the company integrates those values into the day-to-day operations and decision-making processes? Well, as Diego was saying, like the things that we don't like, so no media buying, no pitches, and no working during the weekends. And those were like the beginning. And it's funny that when we, we said that and we, when we opened, there were some interviews from the industry media. We had a statement. So we only had the vision. You're starting something new. Well, you don't have the work. <laughs> you have the work that we did in other companies, but we didn't like, okay, here's what we're doing. No, it was a vision. And we know that uh, there were some, some people from other agencies that in Brazil, people like to bet during the World Cup, you know, like, oh, it's going to win. And they started uh, betting, like, how many months we would last. Because there were some, some agencies that were closing, like opening and closing during that time. So like, oh, that guys are going to last like three months, you know. And the thing is that it was too, it was nothing, like, it was against everything that the market had. And I think that was also the key of success. And again, like the, the ingredient of being naive is like to really believe if this is the right thing, let's push for the things that we believe that, that it's right. And then we found clients that were aligned with this vision. So our first client was Netflix and we were like only two, it was me, Diego and, and Maze. And we won, we became the uh, Latin America digital agency for Netflix. Of course, we had the support of the network to do the work. And then we got Google that we just had a meeting with a team, like the or group of clients. They're, they're amazing. And they went there. We had, we had like just a conversation under the magic mango tree because there was a garden with a, a mango tree. 
that we said that it was magic because we have meetings under under the mango tree. We just shared the vision and they called us in the afternoon like, okay, you're going to do the first Google search campaign in Brazil. And from that on, like we started working with two big brands, two innovative brands that wanted to do things. They were searching for partners that would think differently. And we started growing with them. So from the beginning, uh, which also it's a key of success, we had the stability because we were doing work and we were growing with these clients. So that allows us to, we wouldn't get into pitches because we were having work with, with them and we were getting more work. And then we would get other clients that would knock on our doors. And I remember when we started, we said like, Diego, we cannot do a, a, a shitty project because if we do a shitty project, someone will come and knock on our door and say like, oh, I love that shitty project you did. Can you make it for me, but a little bit shittier? You know, just, <laughs> and we said like, no, we always need to be you know, doing great work. That is the vision. And then we started like doing great work with these two innovative brands. And, and then other, other brands started knocking on our doors and, and saying like, I love that innovative kind of work. And can we work together? And we were always conscious, to Diego's point, of not growing. We didn't have a pressure to grow. Our pressure was to protect the vision. And this was something that Ajaz told us. Like We never had a conversation about numbers with Ajaz till today. It's always about what can we do? How is the team okay? Are you happy with the work that you're doing? So this is something that has been... Since the beginning, like we got the stability, we started growing the clients, we started attracting new clients that wanted to do that kind of work and wanted to also learn from these more fluid ways of working. And we started growing from that. Yeah. You, you asked about like the integration of the values. And I, I was thinking about it, like probably it's all about seeing the people beyond the employee and, and or the work label, let's call it like that. Just a, a few examples. like. When we first joined AKQA, we could have a book saying, hey, this is what AKQA believes. Number one, la la la. Number two, this, this, is, Or like a guide or something like that. We actually had the privilege to have like a global tour in a few studios. Some of the studios that we had back then, maybe like 12 different studios. We visited like five or something like that. We started in London, visiting Paris, Berlin, San Francisco, Portland, New York, and a, a couple of different studios. So that way we could like see the people, not just like emails. Like we, we know who is the head of innovation and uh, is Andy Hood and not like a, an email or like a Slack. We could know like the names and what they like to do, how they work, what is the process, their personal ways of working. I think that was one of the first things that we learned. So yeah, we had the privilege to, to visit some of the studios back then. So we went to London, to Paris to New York, Portland, San Francisco. We spent a lot of time there. And this process made us understand who was behind the email. You know, like, it's not like one random email about, like, who is the head of innovation? No, we were meeting Emil, Andy Hood. We are meeting the ECDs, the managing directors, but, like, as people, not as just, like, a colleague is, as from, from work. So I think that that mindset, like, Again, like we are not thinking about this theory back then, but like naturally we were doing that. And once we landed back and started working, we started understanding that like people are eight hours a day in the work, but like all the other 16 hours affect them a lot. So when we're doing resourcing, like we do like a weekly creative resource or 
who is working on which project. We cannot just see like the projects they did or the hours they are available. We need to understand it. Are they happy? Are they excited? Are they passing through a challenging time in their lives? Are they depressed? Are they happy? So seeing the full spectrum of people. And also like when we are hiring the same thing, we were starting looking to portfolios and when we, we invited people to, to the garden to meet and having like these conversations. People left and said like, oh, this doesn't match the portfolio and the person. Like it's not the same thing. So we started skipping the work that people did and just looking for personal projects. Let's see what they do. Like as is a photographer, is like a musician, is like a design chairs, whatever. And we got passionate about it. People were asking like, oh, do you want to see my portfolio? I said, no, like send me whatever. Like do, do you cook? Send a, a cake. <laughs> we can check it. We can talk about it. But from there, we understood that we tend to go very narrowed on trying to understand people and just seeing like the work they did. And it's like just like a small percentage. Like this is about like lucky. It's about being exposed to the right brief in the right moment or get a job in the, the agency or client that you really wanted. And sometimes it doesn't happen. And there is a lot of ambition and excitement hidden in the, that person. So somehow if you can't find it when you are hiring or when you're doing the resourcing or meeting a new client. So I think like this is something that we always try to do. It's really hard like, is to read people and see like what is behind. Especially nowadays, I think like there's a lot of like a personal side of people brought to work and brought. So we need to keep evolving that. But I think that is something that uh, you were talking about, like how to integrate the values. Yeah. And I think that that's key. That's key, especially for us in the KQA. We always saw ourselves as a, as a family. So, and we told everyone that a lot of times, you know, you have someone that is seated next to you that is not having a good day, you know, or didn't sleep well, or has, you know, going through some struggles in their personal lives. And it's very easy to, you know, the person gave you a, you know, a dry answer or gave you a look, something like this. And it's very easy for people to interpret that, like, hey, look at that person, he's doing this or that. And we were always saying, like, never be reactive, just go there and, you know, have a conversation with the person. Like, you need to start from beginning that everyone has good intent. So you need to just have a conversation with them, like just online. And, and a lot of times we would say, like, hey, do you, do you want some days off? It's okay. Like, we, we always try to have this group dynamic to say, like, we, we can't be in every moment. So everyone needs to be taking care of each other at all the time because everyone is interacting. Interactions are happening at the same time, several in the organization, like inside the house. So this was something that we passed and, and we were lucky to attract talents that share the same values. And when you start creating this dynamic, if there's someone that doesn't quite fit, it will get to a point that that person will leave because it doesn't quite fit the dynamic of the house. So that, I think this taking care of each other was also a, a key for the, our success. It sounds like the key to your growth and success was focusing on the people that you brought under your roof, not necessarily the work, but Essentially, you're saying that the work will come as long as we find the people with the right values that fit the culture of what we're trying to build for the future. Exactly. You know, when you start a business, everything is just, it's a vision. So it's a speech. 
oh, our intent is to do this or to do that. So the way that people believe and you get the team's trust is by actions. So there was like just a, an example that it is very iconic on the way that we, we operate. We won a Grand Prix at the Clio International Awards. And so we didn't have a lot of money. Like we were a small studio, but we found like we're going to fly everyone that participated on the project. So it was the strategy, fine service, the editor. We're going to fly them. So we found like a, the cheapest flight. We'd go through Panama. It had like, I don't know, six hours uh, <laughs> their connection. We rented a big Airbnb and everyone went on stage. So this is a, an example of showing to everyone, like, it's not that, oh, the, we are a creative agency and the creatives are. No, this actually it is a collaborative process and everyone plays a role on seeing an idea get into the, into the world. So this, these are the things like you, you might have a strong vision, but it's on the day-to-day, on the actions that you do, then everyone understands like this vision is being implemented every day on, the, on our day-to-day. Yeah, the, the small acts will build the culture. It's not like a, a big town hall every year that will change from left to right or from this direction to other. It's like this is, is we call it small things, but like because they are quick decisions, but like they're not small, right? Like they, they become the big things. So these decisions of flying the team was like something very, oh, we have to go now, let's do it. And, and then I think this is, brings consistency of the mindset. So we don't need a, a book saying, hey, every time you win awards, you have to fly everyone, da 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 or every time you present, who jumps inside the room? Who presents <laughs> what? There, there's no, there's not like that. So we have the mindset, and it adapts through time, through different moments and different situations. So I think like there is lots of like going back to the Radiohead or the collaborative process that Hugo is mentioning. I think like this is how we like to be creatives, just by one opportunity or one decision the best we landed in advertising but like we are creative people we like to do creative stuff we would like to create things maybe one day is a film or super bowl the other day is a song or the other day like creating a new dish so i think we like to explore that as everyone here as one that worked with us like are like that so i think like we started like also exploring how can we take AdWords or like the agency world or AKQA world to other boundaries. So how can we start working with musicians? We don't see other companies working beyond music labels or those. How can we be at the, the learnings and the strategy and our best skills that we, we craft with Netflix, with Nike, with Google and all these clients? How can we take that to partner with musicians? So started like thinking how can we one learn from these other creatives how can we learn from an architect from a chef from a graffiti artist but also how can we collaborate with them and bringing the knowledge the skills that we use for nike for netflix for google for all the brands that we already work how can we bring these skills and this knowledge to artists to a chef to architect so we started getting closer to this and making like events and inviting them to the house. 
And I remember in the first, in the beginning, like one of the first or second year, we brought like a chef to make like a special dinner in the office. So we have like special guests. We have like 200 people three days in a row, like a massive dinner here. And it was so nice, so inspiring to see the process of like designing the house as a restaurant. Which dishes are you creating? How you present the dishes? What's the name of the dishes? How you tell the story? And then we started bringing musicians. We made like a few small concerts here in the office. And from there, we started meeting musicians. We did like an album cover for one artist. And then we started creating a, a script for a music video. And boom, suddenly I just sent an email. Hey, Usher wants to work with you guys. It's like, what? Like, who is it? which Usher? Like, is the Usher? Or like, uh, what, what do you mean? Like, and suddenly we were in a Skype call, like uh, with Usher and his manager, and he was sharing like a, a brief, like, "Oh, I have this song, I want to do this and this and that." And then was one of our first global projects in music, and I think like from that, like we never stopped, like going from Usher, Lady Gaga, Elton John, like some local artists, going for music videos, for album launches, for. If, uh, festivals, events. So I think like that's so refreshing as creatives, you know, be jump from one formal meeting with the finance te teams and then going to talk to Usher and talk about like uh, how what was his inspiration for that song and and follow the process of like crafting that song and then sharing our work. Hey, this is our vision for your work. Does it help you tell the story you want? And yes, let's do this. And we we. I think like this is something that as creatives we are always pursuing, but somehow once we get in the industry, you just get focused on one thing that is like the brief that is in, in your front or maybe a two specific awards or a specific type of work. We love to open and refresh our eyes like at some point and say, hey, what if we create like a building <laughs> or like a a movie or any any other creative area that we haven't touched and i think like as part of akqa is a privilege to work with like so many different talents across the world that are in all these different areas i don't know if Hugo want to talk a, a bit about the the akqa universe of designs and architect yeah we we have like we have groups we have map that does product design we have Universal that actually does. It's an architecture firm, and we when we went to London, we were we would visit their studio that it's in the same building as a KQA, and we're like, oh my god, like we're talking with architects. They are creative minds, but they are applying creativity in a different way, and we are having access to it. So for us as creatives, it's like Christmas, you know, like you, we have suddenly so many toys to play with, and this is really the way that we always think. When going back to being naive, being naive is understanding that everything is possible. You know, there are no constraints. And that is something that has always guided us. Like, yeah, like we do what we believe and then suddenly things is almost like the universe is getting back to us. Like, oh, here's Usher. Oh, my God. And then we start working and then we work with another artist and then like an upcoming artist from Brazil. And we won a Grand Prix at Cannes, a music Grand Prix together with Childish Gambino, this is America. And they were like, the jury said, like, they are on the same level. So we're going to give two Grand Prix. So it's something that it's so 
crazy, but we're not, I think we're never acknowledging that, not to be overwhelmed. It's always like, let's put our eyes in the work, into the people, like everyone's, everyone's fine, like looking around, everyone's fine, like let's continue, let's have fun. And things start happening. And in the end, you were mentioning, Felicia, a lot of times the values, and we're always thinking about like it's added value. And a lot of times in corporations, the values is just numbers at the end, percentages and, uh, you know. And for us, like it's, it's if you have the right values at the core and you protect those values, then you're adding value to your clients, to the brands that we serve, to the, the people that are part of our team, to the partners that we have. It's also the relationship that we have with sound production companies, with film production companies. That is something that is like it's an ecosystem of, of human relationships. And through those values, if we're adding value into these people's lives or day to day, even with a smile, in the end, the numbers will come. It's really something that if you just focus on what's in the middle, at the end, like things will get back to you. And we, we are privileged and I don't know if it's luck to have the people that were part of this journey and, and still are part of this journey. We have the financial stability and we're having fun. As any industry in the world, we have highs and lows, we have hard days, we have challenging projects. But in the end, like, it needs to be, we need to be happy at the end. We need to be happy with what we're doing. It's always the, the long-term journey that it's the most important. Everything that you do, you're just pushing the accelerator button on these values and things that you really cherish the most. And it sounds like a lot of that has to do with the people that you work with and what they're passionate about and being able to tease out of them what they love about life and their work. And then you're able to be inclusive leaders and bring all of that to the forefront and deliver it with every relationship with whom you do business with. And that in itself is your story. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> Love it. Thank you, Hugo, Diego. I hope everybody listens to your story. It is incredibly impressive and inspiring. And thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Thank you so much for the invite. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for the time, for inviting us. We, we are passionate about this story and we love to remember those and creating new stories. So yeah, thanks for having the time to, to listen. Thank you. That's Hugo Vega and Diego Macado, co-global chief creative officers at AKQA Sao Paulo. If you like today's podcast, we have more podcasts on innovative HR strategies, talent management, organizational culture, and more, and how to navigate the complexities of modern day HR. Find them at cpoplaybook.com slash podcasts or search CPO Playbook on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Thanks for listening to the CPO Playbook podcast. We'll be back with a new episode next time. I'm Felicia Shakiba. If you love CPO Playbook, the best thing you can do to support us is become a subscriber. You can do that at cpoplaybook.com slash podcast. That's cpoplaybook.com 
slash podcast. If there's an episode you loved, please share it with a friend. And if you have an idea you would like us to talk about or a guest you'd like to nominate, visit cpoplaybook.com slash contact us to suggest an idea.